Will you pray with me? Lord God of Israel, you have created the heavenly bodies of sun and moon, and you have given us the rhythm of days, months, seasons, and years. We praise you for the cycles of fasting and feasting, mourning and rejoicing, struggle and celebration, which mark our lives on earth. As we talk about these cycles and celebrations this morning, give us a new respect and understanding for this part of our Jewish and Christian heritage, and lead us closer to the heart of Jesus. Amen. So, I need to start out by telling you about a dream I had earlier this summer. It was quite humorous, as I woke up and remembered it. Um, I was here at church, and I was probably sitting about where Steve is right now. And Jason was preaching, and he came down off the podium, and he had a microphone in his hand. And in the middle of the sermon, he was starting to walk down the aisles, and he came right up to me, and he held his microphone out, and he said, kind of in a televangelist voice, what are you going to do to be closer to Jesus this week? (laughs) And I blurted something out about getting out of bed when my alarm went off for the first time. (laughs) And sadly, I only remembered the dream as I had been pressing the snooze button (laughs) for like three times. So I think as I thought about it, this, this, summer's HVAC series kind of hints um, at that question. What are you going to do to be closer to Jesus this week? Um, And I have loved learning about um, each each other's journeys and what has inspired you and pushed you to become more like Jesus and have more godly habits, virtue, and character in your life. And I feel privileged to share a layer of my HVAC journey with you. So I grew up celebrating Christmas along with a good dose of Santa Claus. There's me on Santa's lap. My sister and I would wake up at oh dark 30 and put all our energy into waiting until 6 a.m., which seemed like a reasonable time to go wake our parents up to go downstairs and see what Santa brought, except that we couldn't go straight downstairs at 6 a.m. My dad had to shave, and my mom had to wash and dry her hair, and they both had to get dressed. And then finally we could go down and see what Santa had brought and what he had filled our stockings with. My parents tell me that when I was six, I did... How many kids are here? What? Okay, I did figure... Okay, I did figure out that Santa Claus couldn't possibly be a real life, like, current person. Um, But as I grew older, and no thanks to VeggieTales, I did develop an appreciation of him as a real historical figure, and the faith that he cherished and lived out. How many have seen the Santa Claus Veggie Tales? Yeah. So that wasn't around for me. Um, Caleb was born in 2001, and we started celebrating Christmas with our kids, including Santa Claus and stockings. And fast forward to 2004, we moved to the Netherlands. Our first year there, we had a lot of fun learning about and incorporating Dutch traditions into our holidays and into our family life. And Caleb and Joey were in Dutch preschool, and we began to hear about Sinterklaas, and how he comes on December 5th, 5th, arriving on his white horse, Amerigo. So there's Sinterklaas, the Dutch Sinterklaas. And as December 5th approached, we put out the painted shoes they made at preschool. Aren't they so cute? That's Caleb and Joey. (laughs) They painted these shoes blue and polka-dotted, and we put those shoes out. Um... 
and we enjoyed the chocolate coins and gifts that Sinterklaas brought during the night. But it was around that time that we started to feel uncomfortable with Santa Claus overshadowing the Christ in our Christmas season. And then there's the more practical side. Now that we're also celebrating the Dutch December 5th, were we going to have Santa Claus come twice a December? Didn't seem like we should really pursue that. Over the next few years, we decided that we didn't have a problem with Santa Claus specifically, and since we had this other holiday on December 5th to celebrate him and take part in the fun that goes along with him, um, we developed the tradition of celebrating St. Nick's on December 5th with wooden shoes and stockings, and then we exchanged family gifts on Christmas Day. After we moved from the Netherlands to New Jersey, oh, here's some pictures of our, here's Zachary discovering a gold chocolate coin when he came along. And little baby Laurel. And then this is from this year. (laughs) We still do it. After we moved from the Netherlands to New Jersey, I was sharing our journey of our developing Christmas traditions with some new friends, and they introduced us to this book, Celebrating the Christian Year by Martha Zimmerman. She writes that many Christians sense that society has robbed us of the old festivals of the faith. The holy days that our culture hasn't discarded, it has transformed into secular holidays. And that's the sentiment that Steve and I had started to feel about Christmas. Christmas isn't the only holiday, and I suspect that I'm not the only one who's ever been frustrated by secular traditions creeping in and trying to dictate how we spend our time together. So as I read, I was reminded that the Christian year remembers and celebrates a cycle of events when God acted in our midst. And it was arranged gradually by our church leaders over the first 600 years of the church. This is the picture in your bulletin. It's a common graphic. James, you were having questions about this, I know, so listen up. (laughs) It's a common graphic representation of how the liturgical year is marked and celebrated. It's a circle, a cycle, one that we repeat year after year. Generally, the liturgical seasons in Western Christianity are Advent, which is the purple, actually, you can't, so that's Advent, that's purple, and then it continues to Christmas, yellow, and then skip over the green, Lent is pink, although it looks kind of purple up there, and then Easter is yellow after that, and then ordinary time is green. Ordinary time happens in two parts, the shorter time between Epiphany and Lent, so there's the short ordinary time. And then the longer ordinary time between Pentecost and Advent. And quite frankly, after some pretty fun holiday celebrations, the green ordinary time can feel not very special or filled with any distinctive features, the very definition of ordinary. But in the sense of the liturgical calendar here, the word ordinary comes from the same root as our word ordinal and means the counted weeks. So as I made my way through this book, I examined the how-come of the church calendar alongside some suggestions of how to live it out. In Matthew 2.2, the wise men ask, where is he that we may truly worship him? And this became my prayer as I read through the myriad of ideas in this book. My resolve was strengthened to mark the time purposefully, attaching so-called HVAC traditions, habits, virtues, and character to fun holiday celebrations with our family, to not just let the calendar speed by. I stumbled on another book in my preparation for this sermon called The Feasts of Judaism. In it, author Stephen Bintz explains, 
Instead of creating material shrines, Judaism's sacred architecture consists of sanctuaries in time. So if you can picture like the ornate churches, the the actual physical architecture versus um, sanctuaries in time. The process of remembering God's saving deeds is not just a mental recall. Remembering is active, tangible, and personal. Through the symbols, rituals, foods, and customs of the annual feasts, the Jewish people see, hear, smell, taste, and feel the living word of God. Because the Jewish people created sanctuaries in time with their religious festivals, they produced something that the Babylonian conquerors, the Roman armies, and German Nazis could not destroy. An old proverb says, put something where you can see it so your eye will remind your heart. That's what the liturgy of the calendar can do for us, reminding our hearts to celebrate God acting in our midst. Are there holidays or rhythms or seasons that you specifically enjoy or maybe are especially frustrated with? Pick a holiday, test your purpose, redo family customs and vintage traditions, maybe they're passed down through generations in your family, to fit your current season of life. You may need to ban a member of your household from Pinterest, or you may need to have a member of your household actually sign up for an account. Our first Christmas in Maryland, there was no way we could afford our normal rounds of family gifts after moving, buying our house, our paint, our fence, our carpet, etc. So a few days before the 25th, we drew pictures of all the gifts we had purchased um, for our new home and wrapped up drawings of of them to open and be thankful for on Christmas morning. It was different. And I'm not going to lie, our kids would have rather had actual presents to open. (laughs) They really would have. (laughs) But it's a Christmas morning that I, at least, do look back on and treasure, and I hope they will remember it when they're adults as a different way to do Christmas. One rhythm that this book actually does not touch on that I've recently been rethinking is how our family can be intentional about living out a Sabbath. Between soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, homework, scouts, mom and dad wanting to sleep in, kids wanting extended wee time, living out God's purpose for Sabbath has definitely been a work in progress. So now, just in case you don't go straight home to order this book on Amazon, I want to give us all the opportunity to practice thinking about the how-come and the how-to of just two days on the Christian calendar. There are three experiential worship stations in this room, the sanctuary, and in the fellowship hall. You probably noticed the different setups as you came in. Um, Some of the activities are ideas from this book, and some come from different resources. The sanctuary is going to become St. Patrick's Day. I figured it fitting with the green and the stained glass windows. Quite pretty. And the Fellowship Hall is going to become Pentecost. Feel free to rotate through as many or as few stations as you would like to, as slowly or as quickly as you choose. You can aim to do one in each room or a few here and there or all six if you want to push through and and be an overachiever. Um, Before you start the stations in the sanctuary, please read the text that's going to be projected above. And likewise, in the fellowship hall, there are some larger um, red outlined posters entitled Pentecost um, interspersed between the stations, which you will want to read before you start at any particular station. Um, There should be plenty of room to have a handful of people at each station, and please refrain from talking to one another so we can keep a prayerful atmosphere. Um, And we will, the the stations can be done in any order. They are labeled one, two, and three, and I regret doing that because really you can start anywhere and do any of them. Um, And we will come back together as a congregation to dismiss um, close to 11. Now, what we're about to do is definitely something different. If you are visiting us today, 
know that this looks nothing like a regular Sunday morning. But as you start to move through these worship and prayer stations, please feel that this space has been prepared for you. Enjoy this space and let God use it to draw you closer to his heart. Where is he that we may truly worship him? So I want to take some time, if people are willing, to share something about what you may have experienced. Is there one station that stood out for you or did share from your heart if someone's willing? Well, I want you to bear in mind that my family does not celebrate 25 holidays and saints days in gory detail all year long. And that all of this in the book and these stations, it looks much prettier on paper um, and set up like this than it ends up being in real life. Um, And I'm not encouraging you to throw Santa Claus out the window or to turn your lights off on Halloween to make a statement to trick-or-treaters, but my hope has been and continues to be that we can each glean some inspiration and motivation to prepare these sanctuaries in time um, for sensing his presence with us in ways that we haven't experienced before so that we can ask in chorus with the wise men, where is he that we may truly worship him? Please stand as we close.